Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey mama, I am so excited that you're here with me today. I'm so grateful that you're taking some time to listen to this episode and we get to spend some time together. So if you haven't already gathered by the title of this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about how to handle comments from friends, family, even strangers. And we're going to be kind of breaking it down big picture. But I do want to let you know that if you want to get a little bit more nitty gritty with it and actually get some scripts, some of those sorts of things and really like a printable. I'm actually sending that out on Monday. So Monday, uh, November 22nd. So if you want to get that guide, the tangible, tactical, almost script-like thing or how to build your own script and all those sorts of things, that's going to be sent to you on Monday if you sign up for my email list, which I will leave the link in the description box below. If you're listening to this and it's past that date, don't worry, I got you. In the description box below, you can actually sign up and it will automatically be sent to you because although, yes, the holidays are a time where we tend to see more people, more you know, family and friends and interact with them, especially around a meal, this really does happen year-round especially in American culture, we are always eating at any celebration. So these comments are applicable whether it's a holiday or not. That being said, let's get into today's episode. So like I said, this season is going to be full of more experiences with people we don't necessarily see all the time, interact with, or have these kind of bigger conversations around, or maybe they don't know what our parenting style looks like. Maybe they haven't even seen our kid in a year or maybe even two. And sometimes there are comments that are said at the table or near food or around even just a party that can be really hurtful and damaging. And I want to talk a little bit about two different types of comments. So the first one is to you about your child. The second one is to your child directly about them, right? Those are kind of the two. And I would even split the first one up into your kid overhears it or your kid doesn't overhear it. There's a lot um, kind of at play here. And there's a lot even breaking down further. You know, if the comment is directed at your child, maybe you're there to overhear it. Maybe you're not. Maybe someone else overhears it or your kid relays it to you. So there's just kind of a lot of nuance to these topics. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that nuance. And maybe help you ask the right type of questions for yourself to know how you want to respond in those situations and um, kind of go from there. So like I said, there's a few different type of comments that might happen to you in front of your child, away from your child, and to your child in front of you or away from you. So those are kind of the comments that we're talking about. Um, And I actually had some of you guys send in the comments that you've received before, you overheard, someone said about your kid, maybe you even remember being said to you as a kid. And some of them were heartbreaking and some of them were frustrating and some of them were downright rude. And listen, I'm going to be the first one to say I am very, very blessed with an incredibly supportive family, especially my close family gets it, right? Most of them even listen to this podcast. Hi. Hi, you guys. (laughs) But a lot of them also follow me on Instagram. Like they typically get it. 
Um, other of my family members don't get it or don't know what I do or don't even know that I work or that I have a podcast and certainly don't understand this, right? That making comments about people's bodies or how much they're eating or if they're picky would even be a problem. And so to those people who I see very rarely, by the way, I might handle that a little bit more differently um, rather than someone that I see regularly. Now that's my preference. That doesn't have to be your preference. You can treat them all the same. All the comments have the same boundary and you lay it down how you want to lay it down and that's completely fine. But I just want to get you thinking quickly here about how often you see these people, how much influence they have over your life, your children's life. And if you think, and we don't always know if your kid's going to pick up on it, remember it, hold on to it. Either way, the comment's not okay. We can agree on that. I will say the conflict that comes with it is up to you. You get to decide how conflict forward you want to be. And I also want to speak to the people who don't like conflict. You do not have to engage in conflict. In fact, you don't have to show up. There are even options for you to just not say anything and completely divert and change the topic or the conversation. All of these things are okay. And so I guess what I'm trying to get at here is you have control over who you engage in these conversations with, how you engage with them, or even if you engage in them. And so I just want to lay it out there that everyone's going to be different and everyone's unique family situation, friend situation, relationship situation is going to be different. And so there's really no one fit one piece fits all or one even, you know, script fits all. So even if you do download the guide, I want you to take it and understand that this is a guide. This is not something that you should just bring to your family's house, pick up and read from necessarily, although maybe you feel comfortable doing that. It's really a guide to get us thinking of how we want to interact in these situations. So another question that I want you to kind of chew on is not only how often you see them, but how do you typically deal with this conflict. So in the past, can you remember a time where someone said something to you or to your child that didn't sit right with you? How was it that you responded in that moment? Did you say anything? Did you not say anything? Do you wish you would have said something? Did you talk to your spouse about it on the way home after the situation happened? How did that kind of unravel? Did you take some time to talk to your child about it after it happened? What did that look like? And if you could go back and relive that moment, what would you have done differently? And then once you kind of come through that of what you would have done differently, I want you to also follow that through to its kind of outcome. Where would that have led you? Where would that have led your child? And where would that have led the person who made the comment? Of course, we can't predict everything and we don't always know where that would have led. But I think it's important to unpack a recent experience because it's helpful to know not only what your intentions are, but also where you hope or kind of what the goal is. What's the end goal here? Do you want to strengthen your relationship? Do you want to unpack things with your child? Do you want them not to say any comments towards you or your child? Do you want to have deep conversations? Do you want to be able to make recommendations? Do you want to be able to, you know, talk back and forth? Do you want to just protect your child from hearing any of it? It's important to know what your end goal is because that's going to directly impact or inform the decision you make in the moment the next time this arises. The next question I recommend you kind of think through is, who do you anticipate these comments to come from? 
again, this is not always perfect. People surprise us all the time, both in the positive and in the negative. But it's nice to kind of have a general plan of action. Now, I say that really loosely because I don't want you going into an environment expecting someone to attack you and then they say something that actually isn't necessarily confrontational and you take it as confrontation because you were ready for it. Anyways, I hope that makes sense. I'm clearly not a relationship expert here, whether it's intimate or not, but I hope this episode is helpful because this is part of picky eating. One of the biggest downfalls that parents explain about having a child who's a picky eater is social experiences. Whether it's with family or friends or strangers or at the park, people make comments on your quote unquote picky child, or maybe they'll even make comments about their body. Are you sure they should be eating that? Give them a sandwich. Why aren't you feeding them enough, right? We've heard a lot of these comments that can be really harmful to not only our child, but also to us and our confidence. We start to get rattled and think, oh my gosh, what I'm doing isn't working because this person said X, Y, or Z. Or they kind of undermine our parenting decisions or our situation at home. They, they really don't know. So here's the deal. Unless that person is sitting down with you and your child every single night or multiple times a day, feeding them, buying the groceries, making the meal plan, they don't get to say right? They don't get to say their opinion unless you ask for it. So that's kind of where I like to start. And that's not to say you shut down their conversation and they're not allowed to speak. That's to say you don't have to accept these comments from other people as truth. So at the top, let's make that part of the deal that unless they're doing all the work that you're likely doing because you're listening to this podcast, then they're not allowed to have input so much so that it rattles us. Now, I know that's a lot uh, easier said than done, shall I say, but I think this is a good mindset to take in remembering that, you know what, everyone has their stuff that they're working on. Everyone has something that they're actively parenting and disciplining and working on and all of these things. And some of them are less visible than picky eating. Sometimes picky eating can feel like there's a spotlight on us when our child is screaming and won't come to the table or throwing their green beans across the table, right? Sometimes picky eating can just be really visible. So I also want to remind you that everyone is struggling through something. And just because it's not picky eating doesn't mean there isn't something else that's maybe less visible. So just to further drive home this point for us, our biggest battles with our oldest son actually weren't even picky eating. Our biggest battles were bedtime just getting him to stay in bed. And a lot of times this isn't witnessed by other people. So we don't necessarily have that kind of like spotlight situation. So I hope that kind of eases your mind a little bit and just reminds you that this is particularly and uniquely difficult, especially in social situations, even if it's around family or close friends or people that your kid or you know. It doesn't really matter. It can really start to spark things up in us and make us feel really vulnerable, which is, again, a good reason to have some sort of plan in place. And if you're married, you have a partner who you can chat through this with and make sure you're on the same page, that's really helpful too. It's always nice to have backup when you experience a comment because a lot of times most of us freeze or at least pause when we're confronted with something. And it's nice to have a spouse or a partner who can say, actually, let's step in. Here's the plan we're going to start with and just get that ball rolling. So I would highly recommend trying to get on the same page, especially before big events. 
which actually leads me to one of my top tips for handling any sort of comments or conflicts that might come up at a family event around picky eating or any comments that friends or family might be making. This one might feel uncomfortable at first, but trust me, the stress level immediately drops after the initial kind of stress. And this is to preemptively set up those boundaries. So whether it's a conversation right now, like today, sending a text, getting on the phone call, or even sending an email, and just letting them know that you are actively working on selective eating behaviors, and you'd really appreciate it if the comments around food were kept to a minimum. Setting this boundary up ahead of time gives them a few days to think through it, simmer on it, and be okay with it before you come to the meal. You can even go as far as making your presence hinge on their agreement to this boundary. I know this might sound extreme for some of you. If you're anything like me, boundaries sound really harsh, but in reality, they are the thing that protects both you and your child. They are super important. And I actually want to recommend my favorite Instagram account for boundaries of any kind. So I'm going to link her Instagram down below as well. Her name is Nedra Glover Tawab and her Instagram posts have been so helpful in my own mindset around boundaries. Although I haven't seen her specifically say anything about picky eating and those comments, a lot of her posts are very relevant. So I will make sure to link her up down below. She also has a book that is 100% on my to read list. I have heard incredible things. All right. So again, I just want to reiterate that there are different comfort levels for everyone. You can go all the way from the no conflict avoidance to full on conflict, depending on your own relationship with that person and your own personality and comfortability with conflict. Like I said, I would recommend prefacing the entire event, especially if you're already concerned about something someone has said in the past or a scenario that you think might come up. Really just nipping it in the bud ahead of time can be so effective and makes the experience more enjoyable. When we show up stressed, worried, wondering if someone's going to say something at any moment, we're feeling unprepared and maybe even blindsided by some comments from well-meaning, again, friends or family, we can leave that event having a sour taste in our mouth. Even though we had fun generally, there was one moment that really stung. So a good reminder to preemptively set that up and have some sort of plan and also know yourself. Are you someone who's ready to have that engagement and that conversation and discuss things in person with someone? Or would you rather just simply flip the subject and talk about something new? A few things I would recommend here to kind of have on hand or be ready to do in these instances are address it with your child. If your child is above the age of about three, give or take on their kind of mental cognitive abilities. And really, you know this better than anyone else. I would address it, even if that means just a few quick sentences about what happened, why it wasn't okay, and what the truth actually is. Oftentimes, we think as parents, if we just avoid it, it'll go away. If you're anything like me and grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, then this is probably true for you too. But in reality, it doesn't go away. In fact, our kids can very easily hold on to things and believe that it's a part of their identity. They haven't learned the difference between truth and fiction. And so this can be a really great opportunity 
opportunity to kind of repair with our child and reinstate in them what you see in them, the positive that you see in them, and continue kind of the conversation that you'd prefer. Now, with that being said, I'd also like to quickly remind you that what they're consistently and regularly around is what they're going to identify with strongest. For example, if they see their cousins once a year, but they see you every day, multiple times a day around mealtimes, they're likely going to really solidify how you parent around the table and what you have to say about them rather than an offbeat comment from a family member. That being said, of course, sometimes these comments actually get glorified because we see them so little. So it's just important to keep that into account. Consistency is key. You are there and that is the best thing you can do for your child. All right. And the last piece of advice I want to leave you with today outside of signing up for that guide that's coming out on Monday is for you to have some sort of place or resource to send them. If the conversation gets going about pickiness or anything like that, you can send them to a podcast like mine or an Instagram account or a book that you loved or even just letting them know of a piece of research or fact that you've learned recently that has really helped you come to a new realization. This is really helpful because no matter what our social and family dynamics are, likely specifically your family's always going to see you through one lens and it's helpful to point to a professional in that area of expertise that you're talking about so that they can get their information from them. The emotions are way less and the stakes are typically a lot lower. So this is always helpful, something I certainly keep in my back pocket anytime anything emotional comes up in my family or friends, I point them somewhere else and say, hey, If you're interested in this, I would love to keep talking to you about it. Here's where I learned a lot of this information. I found it really helpful. Maybe you would too. It's such a great way to diffuse the situation and get them to do their own research, which is one of the most powerful things we can actually do for others as well. And we'll further our own conversations with them and truly our relationships. All right, that is all the time we have for today. If you found this episode helpful and you think it would help out another family around the holidays, please send it to them. Um, And don't forget to sign up for the free guide down below. It's going to be all about how to handle holiday comments or comments from friends or family, especially around the holidays. But like I said, truly the advice in there is going to be able to be used year round. So you can get that by clicking down below and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.